Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. So I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. These episodes are recorded from my live Discord sessions where people from my community ask their questions all about family law and I try to answer them. If you would like to take part and ask a question yourself, I welcome you to join my Discord by clicking the link in my profile. Obviously, everyone that asks me a question knows that they're being recorded live for the podcast and I'm not giving advice. All I'm doing is making sensible suggestions and signposting. So enjoy the episode. Right, let's kick off with our hands that are up already. And the first one to go is Lollipop. Lollipop, what's your question? Hi, okay. I'm just wondering... Court and force me to send my children and supervise their dad. Sorry, will will the court force you? Did you say? Yeah. Have you got a court order? Uh, a quick back history. I went to court in 2016 and got a prohibited steps order because he took all four of our children, refused to bring them back. So when he did, um, I applied to the court for an emergency prohibited steps order, which I was granted. That then led to a, you know a normal. Uh, child arrangements order that's been going well for years but in February he took our eldest twin daughters against that court order. I've applied to the court obviously to enforce it but then as soon as I've done that he's then come out with allegations that I've been abusing the children. So obviously social services have been involved and said they've, they've completed an S7 and said that you know there's no concerns in either household but I'm concerned that there's parental alienation going on because my eldest daughters haven't spoke to me since February. Right so you raise it you raise it. When you get before the court again, you'd raise that with the court and that'll be investigated by Kafkas. So I, the an- have, I have raised it repeatedly. Right. Yeah. Um, I've been in three hearings now where I've got a contested final hearing in yeah. January. Yeah. And it's also been proven to the judge as well that social services, when they've completed this S7 report, have lied. So he's only seen the S7, but I asked for the minutes from the SIN meetings, um, which say completely different. So she's put down that... There's no health or education concerns for my daughters. But in the minutes for the SIM meetings, it states that my daughters are borderline obese now and that their education is going really bad. They're seeing a psychologist. But nobody's actually spoke to me about this or even told me about it. I've had to read about it prior, like 24 hours prior to going into court. All right. Well, I mean, obviously, legal representation is going to help there. I don't know what your situation is if you're entitled to legal aid. But what I will say is, if you have raised it repeatedly and it's not been listened to, with the greatest respect in the world, your evidence isn't good enough. So get better evidence is what I would say. If it was my client, I'd be like, right, we've got to raise the bar. We need more. What can we do? And, and this may be a time that you actually have to get some legal representation. I, I have got um, a barrister, well, I've got a team of barristers, to be honest. There we go. Last time we went in, they were telling me to give up and just continue to let my daughters to live there. And I was like, but you don't understand that they've, they've separated an entire family for false allegations that have been, the judge has even said, the allegations have been thrown out now. They're not going to discuss them anymore because no evidence has been presented think, to state think, that I've done yeah. anything wrong. When when a legal rep tells you um, to give up, it's because you don't have enough evidence before the court to convince the court. So that that's generally why, because you know, if if a barrister's willing to represent you at court, then he's going to have to rely on some good evidence. So you, I mean, and a barrister will only represent you at court. I think what you might need to do is get a solicitor. Okay, so. That would be my suggestion. I, I do have both. I have a solicitor and then obviously on the days of court, they send a um, barrister to represent me. I wouldn't say this so much said give up. They just said because of the time that, because obviously they've, they've been with dad since February, that 
the likelihood of me getting them back now after such a long time is very unlikely, but they are still representing me in the final hearing. I think, you know, if you want to continue, then you can... I mean, I can't tell you whether or not to keep going because I don't know anything about your case. But from listening to you and the fact that you've come onto Discord this evening, you clearly feel that actually you're not being heard or you're not being represented correctly. So you need to go back. I'd go back to your solicitor and say, look, I don't want that counsel again because I didn't feel as if they had my back. I didn't feel that they, you know, they were going to represent me to, to the best of their ability. They were kind of telling me, look, you know, manage your expectations, lower your lower your standards, so, so to speak. You know, you're not going to get the kids back. And maybe, maybe that's the case. Maybe you have to have an honest conversation with your solicitor. I don't know. But either way, go back and have a chat with them is what I'm going to tell you. Yeah, well, okay. Thank All right. you very much. All right, bye. Thanks, bye. Bye. Um, SJA, you're up next, whenever you're ready. Yeah, my question is, my husband has applied for normal station and occupation orders and he's wanting me to leave the house now. And I have a hearing on the 21st of November uh, with, for, I mean, I previously, I applied for a specific issues order that the court ordered him to return the passports. Yeah. And the court has ordered, I mean, he's, he's returned them to me back. And then now he's contested for a PSO, which is a private in steps order. Yeah. And then we had the safeguarding letter discussion on the day. And along with that, now he's applied for non-administration while I was in the process, or I am in the process of applying for non-administration through NCDV. Yeah. I am talking with them because of the abuse and violence I've been involved in now. My husband has made an application with real lies. Yeah. And I, because I'm going to the court on the 21st for the PSO and the Kafka safeguarding letter and now this non-molestation and occupation order, what are my rights to protect? Because I'm really scared now because he's he's wanting me to leave the property, leaving my kids in the house, whereas I'm the primary caretaker for the children. He has never looked after them. He's not done anything to them. All right. Yeah. So if he, he's he made out of the house on yeah. two occasions. Okay, I don't need to know that's fine. Thank you for 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 the for that context. Um if he has made a non-molestation application and an occupation order. For those of you listening, these are types of injunctions, okay? Um under the family court and you disagree with that, then you need to make cross applications. You I would have thought if you're a victim of domestic violence you qualified for legal aid, yes? I mean, that's what, I mean, I spoke to the solicitor today for the legal aid. She said she's going to send my papers today and get an emergency injunction Great. tomorrow. Oh, there we go. There we go. So, you know, what she's going to do is make that emergency application. Um, stop it is make that emergency application on your behalf, which will okay. um, will be a cross-application effectively um, to your okay. husband's application, okay? that that And that's the best thing you can do. That, and that's all you can do, really. Okay. So, all right. And, and because he's previously, he, he, he now, because I'm going away with my children for to see my family, he doesn't want me to do that. He wants to stop me in any possible way. So uh, what should I do? Because you want to take the children on holiday and he won't give you permission, that would be a specific mm-hmm. issues application. So you're going to use this. I've used that application and the judge has ordered, has given me the passports, but he has now applied for prohibiting steps order. Right. That is a hearing on the 21st. Yeah. Okay. So I think your first specific issues order was to get the passports back. 
Maybe it wasn't to take the children on holiday. He's now made a prohibited steps application to stop you. You just make another specific issues order so that you can take the children on holiday. So again, it'd be cross applications and the court will hear them both at the same time and make a decision. Well, the courts, are, the courts know that I made a specific issue order only for this holiday and nothing for nothing else. So they already know that and the prohibiting steps order was suggested that, I mean, he, the judge said that he would not encourage him to do this rather to focus on child arrangement, but he's just gone ahead and well, done because it's his ego yeah, that's that he's hurting, that he's, I'm taking yeah. the kids now. I think I think you yeah I think you've answered your own question then I don't think his application is going to succeed is it if the court have ruled that you get the kids um, passports and that you can take them on holiday and now he's making an application to stop you from doing that there's every chance he's not going to succeed so I shouldn't worry I think by the sounds of it you're in good hands your solicitor's making an emergency application that's all you can do at this stage all right great and sorry because the non hello hello yeah. And so the prohibiting steps order, I, I kind of sense that his application is weak, but with the non-molestation and with the occupation order, do you, do you advise that going ahead cross-application with my solicitor? You know, the legal editor advised me to go ahead would be yeah, a good option. Yeah, absolutely. You need, you need, that's what I said. You need to make a cross-application. Yeah, that's what you do. Okay. All right. Okay, so... Thanks. How do I protect myself? No, no, you, I think you, you, you have your solicitor. You have done everything that you can up to this point. So I think anything further, your solicitor will be representing you, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, you. okay, bye-bye. Right, who's up next? Mini-Me, 1986. I have just had my initial viability assessment come through as a positive pass yeah. um, for my nephew. Now, it doesn't say anything about that they're recommending me for definite, um, but would a judge go on the social worker's recommendations? Um, because I we're not even allowed to have contact with my nephew yet. Um, the final court hearing isn't till March next year anyway, but they're not even putting in any placement for us to start having contact with him. They're certainly going to be heavily guided by it. Absolutely. So okay. the fact that you've got a positive response, you know, you, you've yes. got to remember that that is what the court would consider as independent, you know, third party, yeah. impartial assistance. So you, they're, yes. they're going to be strongly guided by it for sure. Okay, because um, it's a very, very complex case. There's there's three children, three different dads, and their mum. Um, so I mean, my my brother can't have him for his own legal reasons. That's why I've come forward for him. Um, and the only other thing is, how come it's so difficult to find a solicitor? I've rang three in my area, and not one oh. of them has contacted me back. Is that like a normal thing for a solicitor to take so long? Is that is it legal aid? Is that why? Um, no, um, oh. actually, social services have wrote me a letter stating that they are going to provide um, the funding for my solicitor. Ah, right, okay. It might be that just a private practice doesn't want to work with social services. I hate to say it, but that can be the truth of it sometimes because they are notoriously slow at paying the bill. Um, or it yes. could be that they're just really busy in your area. Um, you know, family law, sadly, we don't have enough family law solicitors. Um, hence that a lot of them are busy a lot of the time. 
Yeah, they've advised me to get um, a children's panel solicitor. Ah, there we go. Is so that, that yeah, so that narrows the gap again. That so uh, okay. somebody that's on the panel um, has actually worked in that area for five years plus. They then okay. sort of sit some. It's like a very small exam, really, with the law society, and they're recognised as a child's expert. Right, okay, that's brilliant. That's yeah. brilliant. I'll just keep going down my list then. All right, no worries. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. You too, bye. bye. Um, while we were chatting, Coco's just chewing up my client's files on the floor. <laughs> Who's next on my list? G-E. Hi, yes. My uh, divorce application, the first step to the divorce application is, I think it's called a conditional order, will be in January. Yeah. But... We haven't got any agreement with the children or with with the child or finances yet. Can can that go with the conditional or can that go ahead and then we then talk about child and finances after that? Is that is that okay? So what's the implication of that? So. The- when you're talking about conditional order, just for those of you that are listening and maybe don't appreciate, that's a divorce. So yes, you do need the conditional order first before you can submit the financial order into the court with regard okay. to your finances. And then once you've got your financial order, you then apply for your final order for divorce. But the children's issues, they don't play any part in the divorce. So you, it doesn't matter where you are in the divorce process if you want to sort out the children's issues. They won't be mentioned in the finances and they won't be mentioned in the divorce. So that's separate again. I see. So can we, because it's basically, uh, we haven't, haven't got the, the finances to, to do the child. So can we do that then, Tracy, after the financial order, after everything's been done, after the final order has been done? Absolutely. Yes, you can. Yep, you can. The children's don't play any part in the divorce or the finances. I see. Okay. Um, uh, Can I have another question? Yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, So I I have, I I had uh, a are supposed to be a, a big sort of uh, you know criminal case that has been dropped by the prosecutors they're not taking any action at okay. all yeah. uh, which is the best um outcome um uh, and this is what basically uh, my my you know is blackmailing me on on this and he's been controlling yep. everything access to my child and everything because of this yeah he doesn't know that it has been dropped yeah yet um what's your question uh, what's your question yeah. oh my god there's so, there's so many things going through my head so, so my question really is um will that how will you know will that still be you know uh a card for him to sort of use against me in, in any of this or how, how does that normally so play no, out? look if 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 there's been no if you know the prosecution haven't got a case and they've dropped the case and therefore you're not charged anything then the answer to that is no you know you just draw a line under that and move on so don't let him blackmail you with regard to that anymore okay the family court certainly won't rely on it because the criminal court didn't take it any further all right okay, okay. all right thank all right you. thank you Tracy you're welcome bye-bye crayon What's your question? Hi there. Hello. Um, just a little bit of background first. Obviously, um, 
Um, my daughter lived with me from an early age up until about nine or ten. Yeah. Um, her mum was never really involved. Um, she had some obviously some issues. Um, got involved with the law and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, over the last couple of years, my daughter's thirteen now in in two weeks' time. Yeah. Um, I've always encouraged contact. I've never stopped it, apart from when social services have actually got involved for certain reasons. Yeah. Um, there's been multiple court cases involved. Um, contact has sort of progressed to the point where mum and myself were sharing a heart-to-heart contact. Yeah. Even though I had residency. But what's happened recently is my daughter's decided she wants to spend a lot more time with mum and is actually living there more or less permanent now. She comes down to the house to see me now and again. Uh, but literally, mum has taken this as an opportunity to straight away to apply for the child benefit. Um, she's put in a, a court order now. To, she's put in a court order now to reverse the residency. So she has residency and I only have access. Um, and literally, I've come home from work today now and I've been hit now with a maintenance order for maintenance payments. Yeah. So I just want to ask, because I got a 14-day, um, I got a reply to her within 14 days. But the court date is not until the the fourteenth of December. Well, can we can so we can we just to do that? Yeah, can we just backtrack a second? So you said there that mom's put an order in that the children live with her. You mean mom's put an application in? Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah, she's put an application so, in. So to what have we? The order yeah, yeah. Now I understand. Yeah, I understand. But what we need to what we need to be mindful of is that the child maintenance can't change if we don't have a new court order. So we have to we have to go with the order that's on foot at the moment. So whatever order the court's made at the moment is still in play until we get a new okay. court order. So if the child maintenance, sorry, if the court order hasn't changed yet, then the child maintenance shouldn't change. Was that was that your question? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. basically, if there's never been a child maintenance order involved, because mum's never paid anything to, towards me for the upbringing of my daughter. Yeah. But obviously now that I'm spending time there, she's instantly trying to get money out of me, basically. Yeah. yeah so well, say, I had the letter through, I got 14 days, but obviously the court... It's not until yeah. after the 14 days. So so that's what you would say to CMS. You know, here's the current court order and, and, and this is how often I'm seeing the children and this is, you know, nothing's changed. So why should the CMS change? Yeah. All right. So, so really, the, is it a case that mum has actually sort of let them down a I think I think she I think order. she's probably jumped the gun. She's put an application in. She she's jumped the gun slightly and she's told CMS that there's changes afoot. It's for the court to decide. You know, once you get involved in that court arena and the court have made an order, well it's now for the court to decide if that order stays or if a new order's going to be made. Um, and so, you know, I mean, we may be having this conversation again in six months when you've got a new court order um, and potentially that affects the, the CMS. But right now, I think it's it remains the same. So you would just tell that to CMS. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed at the moment. Brilliant. Can I just ask one other little thing as well? Yep. Because obviously this has been an ongoing for many years now with mum going to court and stuff. Yeah. Um, but the court here in, in December, there's actually not going to be the judge that's been oversighting it all the previous times. It's actually a court advisor or something or a legal Legal advisor. Yeah, legal advisor. Yeah. Legal advisor. 
is there any way that I can apply to have the church back on Twitter? Because obviously the church is fairly in depth with. Yeah, the I mean, it, and... ho- hopefully your last order said that, you know, if the matter comes before the court again, it's reserved to that particular judge. It might be that your judge isn't available. So the legal advisor is there simply to see what the issue is and maybe give some directions. So. By all means, ask the court if you can be heard in front of that judge. It may put put the matter back another three to four to five months. I don't know. Um, but don't be too concerned if it's a legal advisor that hears you on the first hearing because that will just be directions. And what you can do is ask for direction that the matter goes back before that particular judge because they've got history of the case. They've got knowledge of the case. Right, okay, that's my, my main concern, because obviously with it switching to the court, I was very concerned that they weren't going to, because obviously the court has spoke to mum in court and mum's sort of demeanour and the way she speaks and, and sort of yeah. like that, so she knows background. Fair enough. So yeah, well, that's a, that's a big, quite a big relief, that is. Good, okay. Thank you then. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the question. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Uh, D11, you are up next. Oh, yeah, just need a bit of advice um, from yeah. my brother. He's yeah. currently going through a divorce. Yeah. Um, his ex, soon-to-be ex-wife put through a non-modern occupation order, which was accepted uh, under the basis that we don't agree to what she said, but we'll complete the undertaking. Yeah. Once have now expired, um, how do we go about getting the occupation order cancelled then now? Because she's not moving forward at all with the divorce. We're now nine months in since the order was made. Right. Was there any conditions in the occupation order that, you know, he can't live there until this is done or that's done? I think until the financials were sorted, but she's not putting her foot down to sort that out, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, then he'll have to make an application to the court to sort out the finances. So we would have to go ahead with the finances. Well, if if, if he if he wants to bring it to a conclusion, yeah, he doesn't have to. But obviously, yeah. if he doesn't have to, things will just roll on as they are. Um, okay. But yeah. Um, he, he, and he would do that by doing a Form A. And one other yeah. thing as yeah. well. If um, my brother is able to buy his ex-partner out of her equity in the marital home, yes. is there any way a judge would turn around and say, no, you have to sell the property, especially if there's no kids involved? No, I mean, if if the an order for sale would is generally because one of the parties can't afford to buy the other out. So yeah. that no, they wouldn't make an order for sale as long as the wife is happy to accept, you know, the offer of you know whatever the X amount is of equity, and your brother yeah. can can put that money up, then that's fine. Okay. What 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 would you, what if she doesn't accept? That's the issue we have in the minute because we've already offered the fifty percent of the house. Yeah. But now she wants to form me and all this rest of it, so she's applied for the form me. But what does she want? Sixty percent, seventy percent. She's not saying in her solicitor's letters. Okay, I, I would I would push the solicitor on that because I well yeah. the solicitor might be saying we we we're not going to give you an offer until we've got full financial disclosure. Do that because okay. you're going to have to yeah, do probably. that if you're going to do a form A anyway. So do okay. that. But once you've exchanged form E's, I would then be saying right, can we get an offer? It's really important because you need to know what her position is. We know what your brother's yeah. position is. It's fifty percent, and if her position yeah. is ninety percent, wow, you're a miles apart. But if it's sixty yeah. percent then actually we might not need to go to court then we could probably negotiate that out using the solicitors so it's really yeah. important but yeah i mean get him to do the for me and the disclosure and take it from there okay thank you All right, no worries thanks erin has asked me for the number for legal aid it's the civil legal advice line erin and it's 0345 345 
4345. Okay, if you need me to say that again, I will. If those of you that are running right now to get a pen, it's 0345 345 4345. Thanks. Uh, Ryan, what's your question? Oh, yeah. Hello. Um, so, me and my ex partner um, bought a home back last year. Um, I've recently moved, well, I say recently moved, I moved out in April. Um, yeah. we, we separated. We were never married. Yeah. Um, but we own the house equally. Um, my child currently resides, we're going through a court case uh, currently with, with my child, and next we're going into a second hearing at the end of the month where it'll be decided whether my son lives equally with both parents or whether he lives with mum and visits dad. Um, uh, so that, that we're still awaiting that. However, my quest, well, my question is, is um, I'm also trying to force a sale of this property um, I, I know I'm under the understanding if we're if we're not married and and, and, the, and the house is 50-50. I only want my share of the equity of the home. Um, however, um, does that mean she can make uh, counters against me if she's currently living there? Because we have a child together, but she also has a child from a previous partner. Um, so I, although we both joined owners of the home. Where does that leave me, really? So, sorry, Ryan, did you say you, you're not married? No. Okay. And you own the property as joint tenants, yes? That's correct, yes. Okay. So, legally then, she is entitled, as you just said, to her 50%. If yeah. she If she then takes her 50% and struggles to rehouse not both children, but your child, because that 50% isn't enough for her, she would need to make a separate application because she's not your wife under the Children's Act. And it, we call it a Schedule 1 application. And essentially what it does is it asks the court for an order that you give her either a lump sum in addition to her 50% to enable her yeah. to rehouse the child or that you make her monthly periodical payments to help her financially. But the two applications, Ryan, are very separate. They're even dealt with in different courts, okay? So your your property application is what we call a Talata application, is dealt with in the civil court. The Schedule 1 is dealt with in the family court. So she would need to run that separately if she, you know, but that wouldn't stop you from getting her out or whatever it is that you want to do, get your 50%. Right, yeah, thank, thank you, because like, like, like I said, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, joint custody of our son, I don't like to use the word 50-50, but, but you know, that's the only terminology I can think of, but, yeah. um, you, you know, and so I can house my son, of course, and I can also house my, my stepdaughter, you know, if, yes. if, if required, you know. Yeah. Um, sorry, just just one last quick question. Yeah. Um, through this court proceeding, this is the first time I've ever, obviously, done any, done any of this, I've taken legal representation, spoke to a solicitor to advise, you know, we have to put a £1,000 on retainer, um, which I've done. Um, but then I, I've just been hit with a bill for £4,000. Um, quite quite frankly, money I haven't got. Um, so I'm, you know, as you can imagine, I'm, I'm quite upset and just overwhelmed, really, what to do. Um, I do feel she didn't tell me anything because do, do they have an obligation to say, look, you've gone over your £1,000 limit here, Ryan, just to be aware each letter I'm sending back to your ex-partner when she's asking you questions is costing you £200. Um, but yeah. they've left that build up and I just can't help but feel like I've been 
let down, if that makes sense. Okay, so there's two things there. Your solicitor has to send you out what we call a T's and C's, so a terms and conditions. That will explain in the terms and conditions how the charging works. So, you know, this is my hourly rate. What that means is for every letter out, it's this much, and for every letter in, it's this much. It will also say in there, or it should, how often you're going to be billed. Okay, so in my T's and C's, we generally say we will bill every week or every fortnight or every month, depending on the matter, okay, and depending on the client, to be fair. Um, okay. So go back to the T's and C's and see what that says. Also in the T's and C's, Ryan, there should have been a cost estimate. So we are obligated by the SRA, which is the Solicitor's Regulation Authority, to tell you how much we think it's going to cost. So at the outset, I will say to my clients, I think your matter, you know, to get you up to the first hearing is going to cost about £1,000, for example. Once we get to that first hearing, I then have to give them another cost estimate. So you should have had a cost estimate. And they, we are obliged, if we're going to go over that cost estimate, to let the client know. It's a little bit naughty yeah. to let the bill run up to yeah, 4000 I, I, I do feel it is a little bit naughty. Yeah. I'm not a man of a lot of money, you know. Just, yeah, so, so uh, go, go, yeah, go back um, to your T's and yeah. C's and then then I would be raising it potentially with the solicitor first of all to say, look, you know, what happened yeah. here? This this got totally out of control and I, I was none the wiser yeah. to it um, and, and see where that gets you. But the T's and C's are the place okay. to start, all right? Perfect. Thank you ever so much for your time. You're welcome. Thanks, Ryan. Bye. Oh, not Kel. We've got uh, Tasaki. Hiya, um, my question is, I've done an application of a C79, an enforcement order, Yeah. Um, as my children's dad has, has my children in his care, but he's done a breach of his order so many times. So I've lost about 30 visits with my children, but I feel the judge isn't quite understanding that, as I keep getting the same judge, but she keeps having a go at me. Um, but I, I've sent her all the messages as a proof and I don't know what to do at this point. Right, so you've got a court order that allows you to have contact with your children, but the other parent isn't allowing you to have the contact? Yes, that's correct. Okay, and then you go back to the judge to say, he's not allowing me to have the contact, and the judge says, well, that's your fault. Yes, yeah, she doesn't seem to believe that he's stopped contact, but I've sent in... Uh, text messages I've sent in the police reports and everything but okay. I keep getting the same judge okay I I would say to you what I said to a previous lady this evening your evidence isn't strong enough you know okay. if, if if he if he is stopping you from seeing the children then you, you will have a string of evidence it might be a text message or an email and it, it could be the way that you're presenting the evidence in court it could be the way that you yourself are presenting in court um have you have you had an opportunity to speak to a solicitor or not um no because we've both not fighting with a solicitor we're obviously doing it on our own okay and i can't afford a solicitor okay that's fair enough all right um well then i what i would say to you tia is look at your evidence and how you're presenting that because that's key because you know the, okay. the the bottom line is you're not you're not seeing your child court, court can't yeah, argue with that <laughs> yeah court can't argue with that and we need to fix that somehow yeah well, I've got I've got a hearing coming up in about a week, so hopefully it gets sorted. Because yeah. from my point, I would like my children to have both parents in their lives. Yeah. So obviously, they deserve that. Yeah. Obviously, have, from my my do, perspective, but obviously, yeah. 
with issues gone on with me and my ex-partner yeah. it's just been tit for tat which isn't fair on the children so Tia do you fully understand why dad is stopping contact is it just is he just being spiteful or does he have concerns and um, he's being spiteful uh, okay. so I said no to getting back in a relationship with him um, which obviously is stupid yeah. but we went through a lot of abuse in the relationship yeah. So he got arrested for that and I didn't want to get back with him. And then he took the children off of me in January last year and never returned them. So I applied for call. Uh, we both got granted uh, 50-50 parental responsibility. And then he decided to stop contact again. Okay. I, within that time, I had a new child. Okay. So, yeah, I think when when it's just spiteful like that and there's no concerns, just go hell for leather with your evidence and the way you present it to you. Because as I say, the bottom line is that you aren't getting contact with your children. Yeah, thank right. you so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Tia. Good luck. Bye-bye. Maybe Cal's next now. Can you remember anything I've told you about my my child's father? Uh, No. Right, um, I've gone through mediation and it didn't work. I did arrange with a mediator that I would meet him in a public place, but they kept saying he wanted cameras and stuff like that, which wasn't there. Yeah. And obviously I didn't feel comfortable going alone or really going with anyone because he wasn't agreeing for my mum to go with me. Um, but I told him we could carry on videoing his son until he went to court, but he stopped the videoing. And I just feel like I'm living my life in fear of whether I'm going to get a letter from, you know, a solicitor or court. Uh, and it's making me feel really uneasy because um, I'm obviously dreading all this kind of process. Is there anything I can do? Because when I was pregnant, Women's Aid said something about doing a prohibited steps order. So so give me some of the context, Cal. You, who has the child, first of all, you or him? Me, the you. child three years old. Okay. With me. He's only seen his dad three times in three weeks, but his dad's from Nigeria, so he doesn't kind of understand how I feel, and if I if I message him, he'll just completely ignore me. Right, and is there a court order in place at the moment? No. No. So how often is he seeing the child weekly, as and when he wants? How often is it? He's not seen them all. Uh, okay. He's so, showing any interest. Right. I told him he needs to go to court. Right, so he's not interested, or you want him to get a court order. So what's your fear, Cal? Tell me that. Just keep waiting for the postman that's some kind of letters coming from the court. Okay, so so, so let, let's talk that through. So you get a letter through the post, and it's it's an application that Dad's made the application. What yeah. what what then? I don't know. Just okay. not going to be on my side or understand. Of course they'll you know, be. Of course they'll be on your side. Your 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 child is three. You've been the main carer for the last three years, and Dad hasn't had any involvement in that. So you would yeah, go to court. I communicate with him, but he just ignores me. Yeah, and uh, that and that's exactly what you would tell the judge. You'd be like, look, you know, I need a prohibited steps order, actually, judge, while I'm here. Um, I need a PSO because I am worried that if we allow any contact, he might just take him and not give him back to yeah. me. You would have an yeah. opportunity to explain the issues that happened in the relationship. Now, every court... 
Every court wants the child to have a relationship with both parents, but they are going to listen to your concerns. So don't be afraid of going to court and letting the court know of your concerns. I'm not saying the court's never going to allow contact to take place, but the reality is if dad hasn't had contact, my experience, Cal, and that's all I can give you, if dad hasn't had contact in three years and he hasn't made an application to date, he may make an application. But from my experience of these cases, they get the orders and then they don't bother with them anyway. So honestly, yes. do not worry about it or, and, or or worry about it when it happens. But certainly don't worry yeah. about it now. Can I also ask you a question? I know yeah. you don't know much about CSA, but yeah. he's, got, he's also got a deduction of earnings set up. And yeah. the employer was um, really reliable for the last five months. But in October, they didn't pay me. So they have to wait till the 1st of November. Um, before they start investigating it they're still investigating it but they say that the payment was taken out of his wage but just not paid to CSA to pay to me but I'm just going around in circles with them and I'm not getting anywhere they say you know the employer's got so long to reply and they have been in contact and they are investigating it but it just seems to go around in circles. Yeah, I, I, and again, I'm really sorry, Kel, but that really stays with CMS. As family solicitors, we just don't get involved in maintenance. The court don't get involved in maintenance, so it doesn't come across our desk ever. Um, it, it really does stay with the CMS. Right, okay, right. thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Bye, yeah. Kel. Bye-bye. Um, Kelly Butterfly, what's your question? Um, okay, so basically what it is, is um, my I left my ex-partner eight and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, and we have a home. Um, we weren't married, but joint tenants. Um, I Over the years, I basically, I was concentrating on me and the kids, basically, and just sorting out somewhere new to live and everything. Um, It got to the point where he still refused to sell the house, so I got a court order forcing the sale in 2020. Great. Um, He still um, delayed and put off um, putting the house on the market. I did go back to court um, last month to say, could I have control of the sale because he wasn't um, sticking to the court order. But because I've moved quite a long way away, they refused that because they said it would be difficult for me to have control, which I understand. Um, But they did reiterate to my ex-partner that he did need to put it on the market. But basically now he's still delaying. Um, What can I do if once again, he doesn't stick to the order that was done in 2020 um, to sell the property? I think, I mean, look, it's an order of the court. So if you've tried to enforce it once already and it hasn't been amended as such, it hasn't been changed, and all the court is saying to him is you've got to do it, I think you'd have to take it back to court and you'd mm. have to have some sort of penal notice attached. And I would be asking for some sort of financial penalty. So if it's not on the market by X time, that he starts paying you your 50%. Um, because ultimately, you know, the, the court can't simply say to him, we'll just do as you're told. He's not doing yeah. it. He's just not doing it. So I think I, I would be, you, you're going to have to go back to court because that's the only remedy, but I would be asking for more severe consequences. I mean, I would be asking again that you have conduct of the sale, absolutely, um, but you could ask for an occupation order that he is told to get out. 
Um, you could ask, mm-hmm. as I say, for a penal notice that he starts to give you percentages of your 50%, so, you know, 10% in the next six months and 10% after that. I mean, I take it he's not in a position to buy you out, no? Well, he keeps saying that that's what he prefers to do, um, but he's not in a position. And I know that because obviously um, he's self-employed, but I know that he only puts through a certain amount of his income through the books because right. the child maintenance yeah. um, says he should only pay, I think it's 190 for three children a month. Yeah. Um, which shows me obviously he's not declaring a lot of his earnings, so I know that he can't afford to buy me out. Yeah. No, I... what what form or anything? Because the reason why I went back to adjust the order yeah. to say that I have conduct to sell because I didn't really know how to get it back to court. Yeah, if you see what I mean, is yeah. there is there something or a form that I can yeah, submit so... to the court just to say he's not sticking to it? Absolutely, I'd be doing a D eleven. It's a D eleven application. D- yeah, so okay. it's it, it's a generic application that we fill in. Um, okay. and, and you'll attach to that a, a bit of a statement, really, just giving the court a little yeah. bit of history as to what's happened and what you're looking for the court to do, OK? Um, and essentially, okay. you want the order in force that's on foot at the minute, but you want some additional clauses added to it. Right, OK, that's All brilliant. Right. Brilliant. All right. All right, Good thank luck, you Kelly. so much for your help. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Someone's asked me there, I think, about um, hair strand drug testing and if they come out and they dye their hair. I'm not sure that dye affects the hair strand drug testing, if I'm honest with you. Um, Check with the laboratory. However, the question I think was, um, what can you do about it? You would have to raise it with the court the next time. So the whole point of getting hair strand drug testing is because we've got concerns of drugs or alcohol. And it's in relation to a child contact case I'm talking Um, So if the court have ordered that they do hair strand drug testing and they don't do it, well, when you get back to court again, we can't move the matter forward because they haven't got the results of the hair strand drug testing. So if anything, they're they're sort of jeopardising their own case, really. Um, And I've had a couple of cases where the other side just don't produce the hair strand drug testing and we do nothing and we go back to court. And of course, they're saying, well, can contact go ahead now? And we're like, well, no, because we're still waiting on the hair strand drug testing. So they're just delaying it, really. Bit of a pain for you, but that's ultimately what the court's going to do. Ollie and Mary, what's your question? I've been separated for about uh, 12, 13 years. Yeah. Um, I initiated the separation. Yeah. And my partner, ex-partner, never never wanted to get divorced and still um, doesn't. He still holds up um, every kind of like barrier to it and won't, won't engage in it at all. Eventually, about six or seven years ago, I did manage to get the decree nicei granted. Great. Um, does that mean that that, that NICE needs to go again because it'll be out of date? No, no, no. The decree NICE is fine. You you may have to provide an explanation to the court as to why you haven't applied for your decree absolute within 12 months. Um, yeah. and, and that's that's OK. And the court just wants to be sure that you haven't um, had a child with that person since the decree NICE was pronounced or that you are living together again. So, you know, because there's lots of reasons. Sometimes we don't apply for a couple of years because we're trying to sort out finances. But there's no time limit on the decree NICE, I know. Right, okay. And and the reason I haven't got, I've gone any further after the NICE is because every time we step to for, I step forward to try and make some sort of financial agreement, yeah. he just will not cooperate in any shape whatsoever he won't have anything to do with it at all it doesn't matter what i try and do yeah um 
so I, I just I want it finished. I want to be divorced so desperately. I want yeah. it. I want it to be over. Yeah. But equally, I don't want to. Um, I've never had any financial support from him, and I, you know, I hate to say this, but I don't want to miss out. If if it was something was due to me, yes, I would. I I think it's only fair. Yeah. We have two children. Yeah. Um, who are now at uni, but um, yeah, I don't know how to go forward really, and well, I get so frustrated, and I'm a bit, and I am a bit scared. Yeah. Don't know how to go forward. By the sounds of it, if you can't remedy it between the two of you, then you're going to have to ask the court for help. And how you do that is by making an application using the Form A. And what that will do is trigger a financial application and then it will take it out of your hands because then the court will give you dates that you have to adhere to. So dates to file this and dates to file that and a hearing date to turn up at court. And then the court will make a decision as to who gets what. And it's a very expensive way forward because I, I am now on a, on a minimum wage job. Yeah. Um, and when, when we had the, the NICE I done, um, he, he did sign something to say that he would pay for it, but he never did. Okay, so is it expensive is your first question. There will be a court fee of £275 and if you represent yourself, there'll be no further fee, okay? Mm -hmm. You may even qualify for fee remission. And how you know if you qualify for fee remission, which means, you know, no court fee or a reduction in that court fee, is have a look at the EX160. So the EX160 form is, is a help with fees form. And you may be entitled to a reduction or no court fee at all, exemption from the fee. All right. Um, and then with regard to the costs order, which I think is what you're talking about with the divorce, um, you, you've been given a costs order by the court um, and he hasn't paid it. You would simply raise that in the family, uh, in the finance proceedings as well. All right. You just carry that over. And then any order that's made in the family court for finances, you would ask for that costs order to be included brilliant thank you right. so much you're Thank welcome you. Thank you. bye-bye right who's next with the question miss mika so i'm going to court proceeding for my son yeah in march <clears throat> the his social worker forced me to sign him over yeah to parents yeah I, in july i put for free parenting assessment it ended with um emergency like it ended because of my mental health and self-harmed. The, on the 1st of November, they said that the threshold was met and that an interim care order had been approved or... I'd done a psychiatric sorry, yes. assessment yeah. and it said that I had DPD. Yeah. But throughout the assessment, that came out, it was put like, it was okay. But when they took him off me, I'd done another um, assessment and then it came up. So is there anything I can do? Can I... My mental health doesn't affect the way I care for him. They they just believe that I'm in my priorities are more high than his right um, until my cycle of life like new life starts. You know what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, I do know what you're trying to say. The difficulty Sorry. when you get social services involved and we're talking about care orders is they need to see mm -hmm. consistency. So they need to see that you are well consistently, that you will put that child's needs before your own consistently. And what I mean by that is that if you have a recent report, a month or two months old, it doesn't offer them enough consistency. 
Do you see what I mean? It's got to be. It's got to be a long-term goal. But they wouldn't have made the decision lightly to have the child removed from you and handed to your parents without good cause. So, so there's obviously mm-hmm. some genuine concerns there. And if it all happened in March, it's probably a bit too soon to be saying, right, can we change it now? What your focus needs to be is getting better and being consistently better. That's what they're looking for. Because can, can I ask one more question? You can indeed, yeah. So you just brought up the hair strand test. I stopped speaking six months ago for, yeah. for my son. His yeah. dad lives with his mum, obviously, and Zakai is there. They're, they're okay with him smoking and, you know, the grandmother drinking. And every time I go to court, it's always about me. It's always about how... I have low moods and all this stuff, but they're pitting my son into some at home that's not stable for him. Yeah, they don't care. So he brings people to the house. The mum brings people to the house. Yeah, they don't care. Okay, so but what I'm going to say to you is never, never challenge their judgment if we haven't got a clean slate on our team. Okay, so mm-hmm. what I mean by that is you focus on you. You focus on getting better. Don't don't worry about what the other team are doing because that, that decision lies with social services. You've got to focus on you. Because what happens is when we start to throw stones about the other side and we're criticising the decisions made by social services and all they will then see is, well, you're not taking accountability for your part in all of this. So that's all you need to do really. Just focus on how you can improve your position. All right? You. You're welcome. Good luck. May, sorry, may you, thank you. May you say the legal aid number again? Absolutely. Please. Yeah, it's 0345. Yeah. 345. 345. Yeah. 4345. 4345. Four, three, three, four, no, 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 4345. 4345 oh, okay. at the end, okay? All right, no problem. Bye. Uh, Butterfly, you are next on my list. So I've got a final here this week. Um, in regards to um, child arrangement order. Yeah. Uh, now, his solicitor today has forwarded um, a list of things for me to consider um, you know, ahead of the hearing next week. So one of the things was, so firstly, the court in the, fight, in, the, in the second hearing had asked us to put together a school list because our child will be of school age next September. Yeah. Uh, they wanted a list from each of us. I had um, absolutely said that I would not consider a faith school um, because the child is of two different faiths. I'm not particularly religious myself, um, and I just want her to go to a you know a regular a non-dom school or whatever they're called. Yeah, he's um, now put forward that he really wants her to go to a faith school, which is actually three miles from where I live currently. Um, the, the the hearing next week is about um, whether she's going to live primarily with me or whether it's going to go to 50-50. That's what we're arguing about. Um, so that's one thing that they, they've asked me to reconsider. Um, and then the second thing that they're asking me is, I thought we had agreed already that holidays will be split. Um, however, he's now come back to suggest that... Um, uh, Christmas Eve, you know, one of us has has her all day. One of us has her all day. Uh, the same parent has her all day Christmas Day, and basically Boxing Day, and that we all just we alternate it every other year. But that, as a mat or as any parent, 
that's so difficult for me to accept not seeing my child Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. And I guess what I wanted to ask you is, what is the likelihood of the judge awarding that? Um, you know, these two things that A, yes, she can go to this faith school, um, even though I'm not of practice, you know, I don't practice that religion that he is, and it's not near my home. Um, and secondly, about the holidays as well. I know you don't have a crystal ball, but, uh, you know, what do you think the likelihood would be? Yeah, so I think when it when it comes to the, the school, um, it, that's all mm. going to come down to the evidence, really. And if I'm completely honest, the judge on the day... The judge might say, if you are non-dom and you don't really have a preference, then why shouldn't she go to a certain mm. faith school? And um, because mm. you, you know you, you don't you don't practice um, any any faith. So, or, or a judge might say, well, actually, no, you know, she shouldn't be um, pigeonholed into into that faith. If mom's view is that she should be open to make her own decision later on, or he, sorry, I don't mm. I don't don't presume to know that you've got a daughter, but so th- that I can't. That, that's probably all I could say on that. With regard okay. to the Christmases, it, it's perfectly normal for parents to have, um, let's say, on year one, we have Christmas Eve till Christmas morning at, say, midday, one o'clock. And mm. then we go to the other parent for the rest of Christmas Day and Boxing Day. And then the yeah. alternate Christmas, whoever had Christmas Eve and Christmas morning last year to open the presents, well, the other mm. parent would have it the following year. It depends yeah. on a number of factors. The age of the children, if they're little children, it's really important that parents see them opening the presents. So yeah. courts tend to preference that alternate Christmas mornings. If they're older, yeah. then it will just be, well, you know, what suits the kids best, really. So, yeah, again, exactly. there is there is no sort of rhyme or reason to that. It will be the family dynamics and very bespoke to what, and what the routine has been, you know, because sometimes yeah. by the time parents get to court to determine the Christmas holidays, they've already been separated for a couple of years. So the court might want yeah. to look at what the routine has been up until this point. Right. OK. Yeah. I mean, last year we did exactly that. You know, the he had her Christmas Eve yeah. and then half of Christmas Day. Yeah. So I thought that, that it worked fine. Yeah. Um, however, he's now suggesting, well, no, all three days should be with one parent and it That's, alternate. Yeah. I mean, the and, child is only three. Uh, yeah, no, um, I, I, I have a strong suspicion that the court's not going to make an order in those terms. That's a long time. Um, you know, mm. Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and Boxing Day, you're missing out on the whole mm. thing. By the time you get the child back, my God, it's like the whole excitement and the buzz has kind exactly. of gone, really. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah. at that age, the court's preference is most likely going to be alternating Christmas mornings, yeah. And I just have one very, very quick question. Yeah. A barrister will obviously be representing me yes. um, on the day. Yeah. What I'm struggling to get my head around is because she's still yet to receive the bundle, I guess what it's called, from the other side. Yeah. So I'm not going to meet this lady or person till yep. I think like maybe even the day before. Yeah. Is that normal? It is normal. How, how it, does a barrister it, gather all the facts of yeah. one year's worth of pain yeah. in one day? Because, um, they, because they don't need to know all the level of detail. So generally, the barrister will read the file the night before. Okay, they'll sit down uh, and they'll spend a couple of hours reading the bundle. They are reading the exact same bundle that the judge has got. 
A barrister right, is going to be looking you. at the evidence. So applications, statements in support, any cross applications, they don't need to know all the intricacies of what's happened in the past year. It's the evidence. And they can get a really good summary in a couple of hours, mm. depending on how big your bundle is. And then generally mm. before court, counsel or barrister is going to want to meet you maybe half an hour before or maybe an hour before and just go through with you the facts and what they're going to present and then at that point you can fill in any gaps so no don't worry about that that's their job that's what they okay. do yeah that's what they do yeah it just sound just that seems very alien but yeah, yeah okay that makes sense all right thank you so much you're welcome <laughs> thanks thank you. bye-bye um Wow, guys, that is over an hour again. The hours just fly by, honestly. We could do this for two hours, couldn't we? They just go so fast. Um, so, yeah, that's a wrap. Um, I'm back again tomorrow at five o'clock. Thank you, guys, on the Discord for joining me and putting your hand up. So sorry to nine of you that are still with your hand up there um, and I didn't get around to answering your questions. Hope the questions I answered helped. Hello, Patrick. I've just seen you. You're in the um, audience. I've spoken to you before. Um, so yeah, hope that my answers have helped. Um, please come back and join me tomorrow at five. And what I look to do is answer more of your family law questions. Until then, take care and I'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.